This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Welcome back to this week's podcast for your author success with the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing show. And as you know, I say this every week, but as you listen in, you'll get a variety of ideas, insights, tips, and how-tos for your author publishing and book marketing success. I always like to lead with a quote from my book, Snappy, Sassy, Salty, Success for Authors and Writers. And this one that um, will be dealing with a little bit of creativity, um, a little bit with the writing and with our topic for today, which is actually visualizing. So with that said, with your publishing of your first word, vulnerability steps in. With your first book, sometimes you're stark naked. So when I said visibility, we have an expert on vision, your visibility, your really how you can uh, perceive um, what you will be like as an author, how you can perceive what your book should look like as an author. You can visualize how you are interacting with fans and those signing at different book sightings. With us is Dr. Lynn Hillerstein. She is what I call the vision visionary. She's a pioneer in vision therapy and developmental mental optometry for more than three decades. She has helped thousands of children and adults improve their vision and transform their lives at home, in the classroom, and most recently in the playing field. Now, Lynn has written a lot of books, See It, Say It, Do It. She has done things involving um, the variations of her books as they've gone along, a, a workbook that goes with See It, Say It, Do It. She's created 50 tips to improve sports performance. And her latest book is Expand Your Vision. Lynn, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Judith. It's always a, a real treat to be here with you. It is a treat because I get to play with you. And, and disclaimer, it's because of Lynn that I got my vision back after an accident many, many years ago. So I understand vision therapy and what it can do for you. And I know what it did for me. So Lynn, when we talk about visioning for authors, for publishing, for writing, um, I'm always looking for tips to move you forward, to open up the 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 angels to descend in, <laughs> to help <laughs> un unblock writer's block. I don't know where you'd like to start here, but I, I think maybe we start in the beginning. Let, let's start there. So when I work with a, uh, authors, I always ask them, well, how do you see yourself? What's author success to you? So maybe we should talk about envisioning what author success is. 
How's that feel? Oh, that's great. And I think that's more than appropriate to start because a lot of times people will just jump in and start writing without either a plan, a vision, and really just have no idea. And, and some of that's okay. But what I find is that many people start and then get stuck. Mm-hmm. And the goal then becomes, why are we stuck? What should I do next? And that's where the visioning piece, I think, is very important. And, you know, if you look at the success of anybody on the sports field, uh, athletes, musicians, performers, your great top performers have as part of their practice some type of envisioning kind of a, a process, visualizing before the game, um, visualizing and declarations before the performance. And I see the same process would be more than helpful for your authors um, mm-hmm. because they, you know, a writer is a top performer. It takes a lot, as you all know, it takes mm-hmm. a lot to uh, write your book and complete it. And as you always used to tell me, and that's just the start of it, you know, the market <laughs> yeah. to get it out. So yeah. the question is, and you know, Judith, you've really opened up the question to my book, See It, Say It, Do It. Why did I write that? And, and the answer is because that's the process that I see really important for all of us. And it doesn't have to be in that order, but to visualize, declare, and take action. And when somebody doesn't do that entire process, for example, a lot of people dream, I dream of being an author, mm-hmm. but they may not believe it or say it, or they may see themselves as an author, say it, but never get down to actually writing. And mm-hmm. so unless all three of those steps have been accomplished, often people get pl- get blocked. And then that's where uh, my work came in as to what part of that process is blocked and how can we help transform those blacks so that you experience, you and I always talked about the ta-da's, you know, the next mm-hmm. step on our journey, you know, mm-hmm. the success of what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So, so visualization is, for me, a starting point. What does I, I, it look like? Yeah, I do. I love what you're saying. And 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 actually, since I had the pleasure of meeting and working with you, Tada has become a common explanation in my life. <laughs> when things get completed, accomplished, whether it's a book or just sometimes getting through the day, you know, it right. says a lot. Um, and that takes me back to the memory of you and I writing and what we wanted that to look like and be. Oh, yeah. And the picture yeah. is, you know, like a little kid jumping up with a, you know, fist up and like, ta-da, like, I did it. And again, it could be just cleaning your house and it could be a top seller book. But those ta-da's are all of the wonderful things on our journey of life that we move move through and look for. And you know that ta-da, when you, when you, bring up the vision of the little kid jumping up and down because they're so excited. Um, you I, you see a lot of those physical gestures on the sports field. I mean, it's so common when the, when the golfer makes the perfect putt. 
Right. Or comes through. I mean, I, you know, I, I, vis- I, when, when we say this, I see Tiger Woods coming through the club, right. you know, when he was at his, you know, the, the epitome of his success uh, cycle. Well, that's a great point, Judith. And I think um, what's really important is that when we talk about visualization, we're talking about multi sensory. So mm-hmm. when you described a tada, you saw a picture, you could hear it, you I could did. feel it. Yeah. You, you had all the senses involved. It's just not this mental image in your head, mm-hmm. but it's an embodiment. It's it's all the sensory systems creating and imaging and, and uh, hopefully working together. Um, too often, we may have a great picture, but a negative speaker. I can't do that. You know, you can see that you're top seller and then all you hear is this little chatting voice in your head. I can't do that. I'll never be good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so the goal is to get all the sensory systems in alignment. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, to go along with this initial visualizing process, um, I'm a big believer in, you know, having the notebook in front of me, the notepad, I've got the pencil out, and I know when I am starting to write a book, besides my love affair with sticky notes, um, that, <laughs> <laughs> which I do have, um, that it, all I need is a blank sheet of paper. And right in the center, I just write the word, whether it's the book or the topic of the book or maybe the full title. I know the whole title of the book. That's all I do is go in the center. And then, Lynn, I just start drawing lines that that generate from the center to the end of the paper all around it. And then what I do is I start putting together um, what this book is. I can in- outline an entire book on one piece of paper with lines. And then what I let is my mind bring them in, those things. And one of the things I think to deal with the imposter author, we can kiss on that one too, um, is, you know, are you good enough? Are you qualified? Are you, you know, what it is, is on one of the lines, I always just write the, write the word, why? Why me? Why this book? And then I have little offshoots, you know, like little birthing leaves come off of it that I put down all just a whole bunch of words, throw them up of why I should be writing this book. That's that's what I do to get myself going um, to bring it in. That is such a creative. I call it, quote, like a right brain uh, (laughs) way of creation, which is beautiful. The only issue is not everybody thinks that way. For you, it works and it it. works beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other people may be. Yeah. Remember, Lynn, before you met me, I did not think that way. I was totally on the other end. It was the accident I had and the brain injury I had that flipped my my globes. (laughs) So (laughs) this man. That's a great, great way of describing it. And I actually had, I could tell you a story about, um, she was a conductor, a choral conductor who was such a great visualizer of sound. And after her accident, she couldn't process sound anymore. Mm. And she had to learn how to visualize through pictures. So yes, there's, you know, everybody's different. We can talk more about that, their differences, because there's not an exact way of certainly writing a book or yep. thinking, but acknowledging what your strength is, is the perfect way for you. 
and, and discovering it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. With us is Dr. Lynn Hellerstein. Um, she has written so many books with her latest one on visualizing and vision, and we'll come back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. We're back We're with the vision visionary, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein, and her latest book, which I would highly recommend to all of you, is Expand Your Vision. All right, so Lynn, we're, gonna, we're getting unblocked here. Um, <laughs> right. We're ready to move on. Um, and I want to come back and kiss this thing called author success, because I think it's really important for all authors to understand what success is to them. Um, and, and they can do it in visualizations, but you may have some tips here to start throwing out for them to maybe drop images in. And you also kissed on just before we went to the break was the, um, you know, they're the very right brain, which I have become very right brain um, because where I used to be very good at math, I am worthless in math now. I can't do, you know, I, I, I can do it with unbelievable challenges for me. But right. that, um, in struggle, I mean, I have to psych myself up. Oh, God, you're going to have to deal with numbers, J.D. Oh, no, oh, no. Okay, get ready. Get ready. Here they come. <laughs> <laughs> 
keep the checkbook away from you. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yes. we don't touch it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so. Well, Judith, I'm glad you went back to that because I think it's a really important um, thing that we should talk about. A lot of people, and, and I've learned this from my 40 plus years of working with kids with learning problems and vision problems, that often if people don't understand the way the person processes, mm -hmm. they try to force them into a certain way of thinking. So for example, if they're trying to write a paper and they've taught them how to outline, which is a wonderful way to create a book with chapters and 1A, B, C, D, but it only works if you're really a thinker that's very sequential in thoughts. And if that's the way, great, go for that. But so many of the people I see that are really creative don't think in sequence. They, they It's almost a gestalt. They see the, the end project and they're sticky people. You say to your sticky notes, they're sticky oh, yeah. note people. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a thought here and then they have a thought there. Oh, wait, there's a thought here. And I encourage them to write their notes on stickies so they can move them all around the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And then as they start getting organized in their stickies, we use have them use colors, for example. So if uh, they're learning about, let's say they're writing something simple about a boat and there's leisure boats, there's military boats, there's transport boats. Oh, wait, here's another military boat. And they're all out of order. But if they start writing the stickies and put them in you know the right corners and piles like your line connectors uh then they start getting organized and it's a way that they could write a paper it's the way they could study for a test but um i think people and most people if they're now writing will have some idea of what their writing style is uh but the more creative the more you bring in color humor you know just funny ways of doing it for me the way i would write, I would be woken up at four in the morning with all these ideas in my head. And I didn't want to get out of bed, so I would pick up my phone and dictate them in the phone. That's how I write. Um, sometimes I get all those ideas in the shower, and I can hardly wait to get out of the shower because I've got to get all those ideas out. And again, they're not in order. I don't worry about spelling. I don't worry about the order or the accuracy. But you just that's the brainstorming that's so important in creation. Mm. And 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 teachers early on, I think, um, you know, when kids are learning to write, often teachers will and parents will correct spelling and correct grammar and handwriting. And then the kid will just won't write anymore. And mm -hmm. that's a major block. And so what we tell the kids and this carries on then to authors, you just let it flow, just let it come out. Get all the thoughts out, all the ideas out. You go back later and start reorganizing and putting it together. Mm -hmm. But I think I think that the brain dumping, the, the unloading is a really important part of the creativity that uh, needs to be allowed. Mm. That you know, it's actually a fun part. And you know, as you were starting to talk um and the sticky notes that I will I would kind of bet dollars to donuts. That the um, I wonder where that phrase came from. Anyway, I, like I, yeah, I, I would bet that the sticky note people are also what are known as pantsers in the fiction writing. They just kind of let the characters take them along. They just kind of whatever happens is going to flow. It's not 
methodically organized um, of where they go. And when you were talking about um, the using sticky notes and and the, the portability of them, which is so great. Um, my eyes were closed as you were talking and I am nodding my head affirmatively because that is what I do. I can see myself moving into that. Then I've written a whole book on uh, the whole book, setting it up on sticky notes. And I'm a huge believer of, of colors. My book, Sabotage, was put that way. I had quotes in it. I had interviews in it. I had study uh, results from the national research that I had done. Uh, they all had their own color. And as I was working on a chapter, chapter at a time, all the sticky notes were out and just ideas. Or it could, it could be an interview with uh, with an RN Helen Stein, for example. That's all. I, that's the only thing that would be on the sticky note. And I just knew that I was going to go in there and it would have come together. I didn't have to do any more thinking about it, just that she had so many gems and insights she was going to go in that chapter. Um, and and I, I love that ability to do just free flowing with it um, and not knowing what's going to happen, uh, you know, as you go along. And then I, pretty soon I knew I was always going to have what I call JB tips in that book. And so, you know, that would get a different color sticky note. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I was so glad when we got away from just yellow. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so. And, and you're you're a master of bring you know again there there's research to show what how important color is in remembering and organization in the brain, so we encourage people to use color uh, if we're trying to work with younger writers let's say on spelling we have them spell and if they always miss letters in there we have them make them colorful and with glitter because that will help trigger the brain. But back to your sticky notes there, Judith, um, you know, because I don't personally like to use a pencil and paper. Uh, I'm a computer person. I make my own kind of sticky notes on the computer. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy now that I could just, you know, put, like you mentioned, a name of somebody down in a separate place. And when I'm done, I can cut and paste and move all those things around to either different documents, different places in order on the one document. But I, I use the same process as things flow out. It may not, you know, I may have an idea and then all of a sudden, like you said, a quote comes up and that's not related. I just put the quote down below, which I'll cut and paste and put it somewhere later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've created my own sticky note computer system. Well, I, I think everyone needs to experiment and find um, what works best to you. I'm kind of a uh, when I'm initially doing stuff, I like the flow of my hand moving with it. I discover it. my favorite pencil is the Blackwing um, Lend that it it's <laughs> it's so smooth and glides. You have to sharpen the pencil so much because it's so smooth and glides. You wear it out. Um, but I I you know I have a wad of them around that I can grab from anywhere uh, to you know scribble whatever I am after. Um, one of the things I want to share, because Lynn and I have both kissed on this, on the blockage, is that if you have the perfectionist DNA in you, um, it, it can sometimes just slow you down like you are thicker than molasses, boring. And if you will learn to create, whether it's on your computer or you have a code word, that you can just write in bold, highlight it, whatever it is, 
instead of going off into La La Land trying to research something or verify this or the correction of a spelling, which is a killer, um, <clears throat> that that it, it will slow down your creativity. Find some tricks that can just code in that you know are that then you can come back on your computer and do a search for the code words and then you can do your follow up. But get get your stuff done instead of trying to make it perfect. Perfection is the kiss of death, I think, in writing. On that, I, I think it's a kiss of death in life. Um, oh yeah, okay, I'll vote for that. <laughs> yeah, and living a life of being a perfectionist, I know it, and you know it's what gets what got me to the level that I am, and I'm grateful for my any of my accomplishments because of that drive. But it's also what got me to the level of my anxiety and frustration in dealing with that, and. Um, Truly letting it flow, letting it come out. You know, the goal, and I can live with this, the goal is to be perfectly imperfect. Oh, I love that. I love to be perfectly imperfect. I'm writing yeah. that down, yeah. man. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it acknowledges the perfectionism and allows me not to have to live that life. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a new word that I've been you know, using and looking at it, it just kind of makes me laugh. And, mm-hmm. um, but I know that my fear of publishing when we, you and I were working with, you know, the fear of, is it going to look good enough? Is this going to be stupid? What I wrote my first book was not at all typical of what the I care feel would believe or talk mm-hmm. about or write about. And so I mm-hmm. felt like I was mm-hmm. you know, really on a stretch to put this out in public and, with your help, but still, I had my colleagues and friends read it before I ever let it come close to print just to get that external feedback because I had so much doubt within. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now looking back, I kind of laugh and it's because of your your way and the imperfections of uh, how we did it that I was able to move through it. But without without support and help with either a mentor or somebody like like you, um, I would have never had any of my books. I mean, I'm clear on that. Well, I'm a big believer in in coaching and and the whole mentoring type thing. I mean, it's fun for me. Um, right now, I'm working with uh, really he's Mike's become really one of my favorite clients, and he's evolved from an expert in leadership. I, I mean, you're talking about global creating an entire global security system for one of the top five uh, companies in this country and that he says i'm done and now we're going to go in and we're going to write thrillers judith and i said okay and it's so much fun to watch his evolution we are literally you know as you and i record this finishing his second book in the jack trench series um, and seeing go from book one that came out last year, book two will be out this year. We, we're already talking about, you know, kind of the workaround of book three, but seeing his evolution and the quality of his writing and imagination and detail he brings to it is awesome. With that, we're going to take another break with this is Dr. Lynn Hellerstein, and we're talking about visualizing. <laughs> Yeah. 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we want to get your visualizing juices going here. Um, and move into some areas with we have the, the you know the um, expert um, in in the field that has written uh, many many books has worked with several so I should say mega thousands of people. My favorite story about Dr. Lynn Hillerstein was her book first book signing, and where she didn't sell ten books or twenty books or fifty books or 100 books, or 300 books, or 700 books. She sold over 900 books. How cool was that, Lynn? Did you visualize that? Well, you know what's really funny, and I'm glad you brought it back. No, I did not visualize it. When you <laughs> left me, you, you, you had a meeting to go to, and this was a unique opportunity that my National um, Vision Therapy Conference was in Denver, and I had just, my goal was to write a book. Nobody told me that, you know, nine months to write a book, have it published nine months of time was like pushing it. Nobody told me that. So you and I decided let's just do nine months. Nobody told me how many I should order. You asked me and I said, I don't know, 5,000. So I ordered 5,000. And then we get to my meeting and, and you're supposed to teach me how to sell. I mean, I'm an eye doctor (laughs) and, and you were gone. So, so my kids, my, my daughter and son-in-law got a table and they followed me around at the meeting. So I, I was one of the keynotes and they just started selling and they would come up to me and go, mom, you're rooting the cells. They want you right here at the table so you can talk mm-hmm. to them and sign them. And so we went through the meeting and I remember calling you up on Monday and you said, how'd it go? I go, um, we sold about 900 books. Thinking like nobody told me, nobody t- put doubt in my head, or or minimized what could happen, and so what I was visualizing was a great selling book. 
without knowing what that meant. Mm-hmm. So at that time, 900 wasn't even in my head. I had 5,000. So I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to get rid of 5,000? And, you know, 20% of them went on the first day of sales. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, was, I did help you a little bit with the ideas. I didn't abandon you totally. I mean, I remember talking about bulk sales, offering special discounts to that's other true. jobs there. Um, that's true. And, and having that written up. And, and, and it, you know, I've done that. Um, always, especially when you have a, any any of you who are professionals um, in a specific field, and if you have the opportunity to present, to speak, to position yourself at your your like-minded associations, that this is one way to get the buzz really going. And I think I, I loved it, Lynn, when you sent me some pictures of some of the doctors later on who actually created um, um, little selling kiosk in their offices around see it, say it, do it. Yeah. And you did not abandon me. You just weren't there on the day, but you did prep me. <laughs> yeah. And the bulk sales, what happened was, you know, because I'm in an office, I will give my book out to many patients doing special testing or have yeah. it available for them. I also, at the holiday times, would give my referral sources gifts as do many of my other colleagues. So by just even mentioning it, many of the docs who bought, a, they didn't buy one book. They mm-hmm. bought 10 books. They bought 50 books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially in the professional world, we do that. And it's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. wasn't that difficult to get to 900 when you're doing bulk sales like that. And again, I would have never known to do that. And um, if you don't have the table right there where you're speaking, People usually don't go home and purchase it later. So no, well they'll say oh, they say they will, but they don't. Life gets in the way, right? Um, and and I think we all have to recognize that that if you have that opportunity, I've said this for a gazillion years, um, and it's it, it's on the back cover of of my book, How to Create a Million Dollar Speech. Speaking is the number one way to sell your book, and. Lynn was speaking at her event and she didn't she didn't show up to to just speak and split. She hung out. She was there. And as her kids said and her office staff, get to the table, mom. (laughs) Literally. Get to the table. Yeah, that's right. But I think the important point was I had a, a bigger picture than the number. Mm-hmm. I had a picture of it being out to thousands of people. And, you know, this specific, when you create a big picture like that, you don't always know the steps. Uh, and that's okay. But I created the picture. I had a declaration um, that it was a bestseller, an award-winning bestseller. And then I started the action plan of the steps. And this was one of the steps. Another step that happened, because... Speaking was always my gig. You know, writing wasn't, speaking was. And boy, I had a very clear image for years of standing in front of almost a thousand people getting my message out. And I even had a picture of what I would be like behind stage with the, you know, the camera and the makeup artist, whatever. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, in about, I think it was 2016 or so, I was asked to speak at an event where there were over 900 people there. When I walked backstage to get ready, it was exactly how I had pictured it. Oh, I love that. 
And it was a, a, a quick story on it. It was only a 15 minute uh, keynote, which, you know, what are you going to say in 15 minutes? It's going to be impactful. And that was the time where I was trying for myself to get the vision and sight links, the inner and outer vision understood. And that's why I wrote the Expand Your Vision book to get my thoughts together and my stories together so I could do a 15 minute speech from that. And so I'm on stage, they have a big clock, things are going well. And I had a picture, a slide of like this woman who was really dressy in the ocean. And there's a big sign on it that says, what's next? You know, it's this like, what's next in your life? Mm -hmm. And at that moment, all of a sudden I got, you remember the little cartoon characters like Daffy Duck talking, you know, in your head back and forth. I had this conversation of these cartoon characters of, well, you can do this next and you can do that next. And you could, you know, and I'm just like so involved in what's next. And what appeared was this big canvas, blank mm. canvas with a paintbrush. Mm. And I'm almost ready to pick up the paintbrush and paint what's next. And I'm not a painter, but that's what showed up. And then I looked at the clock and my time was up and I go, oh, I'll get back to that canvas. But first, let me finish the talk. Mm -hmm. So I finished the talk. It was well received. I could hardly wait to get the video to see how long I was in pause with this little conversation and canvas situation. And when I watched the video, I couldn't even see that I took a breath at that moment. It was like time had stopped. This whole thing flashed in my head in slow motion and the message for me. So I had this huge aha in front of 900 plus people that nobody even realized on all you have to do is get your blank canvas and start painting. And it's kind of what you do, Judith, of your mm -hmm. one page with, you know, the circle mm -hmm. in the center. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And going around and sometimes it flows incredibly fast. You know, you, you you can't even you can't even write fast enough with because of everything that is flowing out, um, right. which I love on those and brainstorming or and sometimes just being around other people. All of a sudden, you take a time out from whatever's going around you, um, and you're going to have your daffy duck conversation and not thinking that oh my god, you know what happened here, and the reality is. It's it it happens in microseconds sometimes, it which, does. which is very cool, I think. And I think it's important to know once my picture was obtained and the visualization that it all was there, the message was time to create for a new one. You know, it's not like that's your whole life goal. It's a big one. It came true. And it's just another step on the journey. Mm -hmm. What what's next is your mm -hmm. next step. Well, you know, the, the what's next phrase question I use all the time with people because and sometimes, as you know, you're going to receive back the the headlights in the deer response because they don't think of what's next. It's always interesting to ask that to people who are setting out and what's retirement. You know, I'm just saying, so what's next? What are you going to do next? You're not you're going to sit around for 20 years. What are you going to do? You know, that, that's a wonderful place to do a little visualization. Mm -hmm. What's next? When you start trying to think of it, mm -hmm. your head just gets full of thoughts. 
And they're usually not powerful, empowering kinds of thoughts. Mm -hmm. They're more like, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we will do uh, uh, breathing. And maybe after the next break, we can just do a little sample of how to get to a place to just look around and see what shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, Just for the podcast, I was working with a young optometrist who's Giving, well, she's a student, a fourth-year student, and she's giving a talk on glaucoma to the Glaucoma Society at our academy. Well, she is as nervous as anything. This is like speaking to your peers. She's only a student, et cetera, and she's pretty freaked out. And we did a little process, which we can do in, in a minute after the break. And what she saw through it isn't what she expected, but she saw herself as being a funny person. Oh, what fun is that? And she shocked herself. And every time she'd laughed, she'd come up with another idea. And so she didn't focus on exactly what's next, but by changing her way of being, yeah, her access to be creative and see what's out there. So her humor, her laughter, the what she could hear with the laughter, whether whether it's out loud, bold Billy, or subtle, the chuckle type thing was the juicilating factor that kept seeding what she was trying to do. I love that. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I told her 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 biggest problem now was not to get up there in front of all these specialists in glaucoma and laugh. And and I said, it's okay to laugh. Put in a funny slide to trigger you into that state of being, which gives her access to her power of presenting what she needs to present and create. Yeah, and it's it's finding that factor and doing that, but it, it's always the what's next. And I know what's next is certainly on my list. Um, you know, I'm on the board. You attended the big induction for the Authors Hall of Fame. And on the agenda at our next board meeting is the word succession. And it's my succession. And, and I know... You know, there's going to be gasp and things because people think things are going to be around forever, but none of us are around forever. And, you know, I've got some what's next stuff, too. <laughs> well, I'll be interested to see what your your visualization uh, process will show up for you. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been doing it. All right. With us is Dr. Lynn Hillerstein. We're talking about visualization and we're going to take you on a little journey. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
Build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The Book Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me for this episode of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast is Dr. Lynn Hellerstein. Um, she's written a gazillion books. Well, yeah, a gazillion books. Um, <laughs> and created uh, lots of presentations on visualization. Her latest book is Expand Your Vision. I do want to let you all know what her uh, website is because there's a lot to offer and she has a great blog um, just to stay caught up and maybe reduce your own ideas. So it's it's just lynnhellerstein.com. Um, and H, it, that Hellerstein is H-E-L-L-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. So we gave you a little tease when we went through the break that maybe we'll do a little visualization and we decided why not do it now. Um, because a great deal of your writing success, your author success, your book marketing success, all can incorporate some of the tools and strategies and techniques that really a good visualization of your success comes forth with. So Lynn, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you start the process. That's great. Thanks, Judith. Um, we're going to do a little process together. And I'll use this actually from little kids to adults for a number of things, whether it's to write the book or prepare for sports, to take a test, whatever the process or, or challenge that you have, if you suffer or notice that anxieties, fear, any of you have anxiety or fear that gets in your way to complete things and um I'll tell you now, especially after the pandemic, I think it's endemic, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> epidemic of uh, anxiety. And even with our little kids, we're seeing that. And so 
what I have found over many years of practice is when, when people have a lot of fears and anxiety, they're often great visualizers. They're visualizing everything that could go wrong, all the details, this could get in the way and that won't work and da, 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 da. And so they're great visualizers, but they're disempowering themselves through what they see and what they say. And the only things we really can control in our lives is what we see and what we say. And so what I want to share is some little tips and strategies of how to find ways of empowering yourself through your imagery and your thoughts. So let's just, uh, everybody get comfortable. And before you get real comfortable, I want you to just, whether it's stand up, but shake out, shake out your body like you're, you know, a dog or a cat who's just run through the hose and is all wet and go ahead and get all your shakes out and just move. Because a lot of times movement already starts breaking down your stuckness, you know, listen to our language. And once you're done moving, get yourself seated and find a way to be very comfortable. If you need to put your feet up, get a pillow, but sit up and just let yourself kind of melt into your chair and be very, very comfortable. And then we're gonna do a breathing exercises. Now there's a lot of different exercises for breathing and many of them are just wonderful and it's just whatever works for you. But if I were to say, just relax, you know, what does that do to you? Probably tense your shoulders, gasp, hold your breath, and it does everything but helps you relax. So what we wanna do is breathe. Breathe in a way that you really bring attention to your breathing. And especially if we're just starting with somebody new who's never done any yoga or breathing exercises, what I'd like to do is something simple that you can really remember. And I just label it as a four, 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 four. Okay. Where you're going to breathe in four, hold your breath for four counts, breathe out four, and hold for four. And so we're going to get started that way. And then I'll lead you from there. But let's start with a, a couple rounds of this four, 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 four breath. If you find, and the goal is to lengthen your exhale. And if you find you want to lengthen it, don't listen to me counting. Just keep on lengthening it and go on to your own rhythm. Okay. So let's get started and let's take a breath in two, three, four, hold two, three, four, out two, three, four, hold two, three, four, in two, three, four. Hold two, three, four. Out two, three, four. Hold two, three, four. In and keep on breathing. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale and notice if your breath starts slowing down, getting deeper. Do this kind of breathing to 30 seconds, a minute. But allow yourself now 
to go back into regular breathing. As you breathe in and allow the oxygen and all the great, wonderful, nutritious, nourishing things that you need for your body are shared with every little cell of your body. And as you breathe out, let it be a letting go. Let go of anything, any thought, any part that just needs to be dropped off. Just allow it to go. And as you continue your breathing, imagine a place for you to go, a very special place where you are the essence. It may be a beautiful mountain place that might be near the water. It could be in your home. Wherever it is, it's for you. And as you go to that place, look around. What's there? What are you wearing? Turn on the lights or open the windows. Notice if there's any fresh air or anything that you'd like to touch or feel. Just allow yourself to be very comfortable, very safe. And this is your private place. Now you can invite anybody in that you'd like, anybody who might inspire you. It could be a spouse, a parent, a child, a superhero, a pet, a divine, a relative from the past. Only allow that thing or person in if you want them there. Welcome them in, allow them to be settled, and know at any moment they are there to help support you answer questions, give you confidence, or just be there with you. Now, as you continue in this special place, and you're breathing, feeling, seeing, smelling, touching, just enjoying your safe place, allow yourself to create. See what comes up. A word. A picture. And know that at any moment, you can come back to that space with just the your breath. And just with time, we're going to gently open our eyes, wiggle our toes and fingers. And just know that with the breath, you can go there to, to be who you want to be. Because when you create your way of being is where you move through blocks and uh, fears and barriers. So everybody, you can open your eyes. Hopefully you're still with us and we didn't lose you to la-la land there. (laughs) I think you might have a few. They're just, they're really relaxed. Maybe they have it printed across their their, uh, mind, what's next? Yeah, and you can go in with an intention. You might have gone in with the intention. What's next? And you do this visualization. Mm-hmm. And who who knows what shows up? 
You're not thinking. It's not about thinking. It's about allowing your brain to create, your mind to create. Mm, and it's so true. Lynn, we, we have, we're like within uh, a, a minute here, but do you have any uh, quick tips for, for dealing with visualizing to pull yourself out? Maybe you're in a burnout, you're overwhelmed. I, I deal with authors who are overwhelmed all the time, especially when we get to book marketing. Any tips there? Sure. Here's the lessons I've learned. One, be vulnerable. Have the courage to be seen. And that gets through the perfectionist. Number two, it's okay to ask for help. Perfectionists never like to ask for help. I know. Asking for help and being community can be huge. Let go of the past. And the number one thing is about having fun. I vote for all of those things. Sounds, <laughs> sounds quite good. Well, Lynn Hellerstein, another great hour with you. Um, again, I, we obviously should be doing this more than once a year, I think, just as reminders for authors that they're, they're not alone. You talked about the community. Uh, I, I consistently say, that this, don't do this as a solo thing. You feel right. like you're, you're soloing and you're alone. And the single best thing is you start hanging around with other authors who have been on your journey. Some of them are ahead of you. Some of you are just starting, but there is continuity when you go together. So with that, I will say thank you for being with us on this episode. Oh, it's always my pleasure. Thank you. And it's great speaking with all of you. All right, everyone, we'll see you next week for another episode of Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Meanwhile, write and think about <laughs>for being a part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith bra